So we're going to be starting a new series this morning, and it's one that kind of was birthed out of just life for me, um, where a lot of them come from, which is probably a good thing, but, but just kind of going through things and looking at things, and over the last several months in, in my life and in my family's life, and, and when I say family's life, I mean my personal Emily and I's life, but also more than that, um, the life of, of you guys and the life of, of my family throughout kind of the country and things of that nature. And kind of what I've begun to feel and, and, and kind of been going through is, is and, and, and it would be really easy to kind of go, oh, this is kind of about COVID. It really isn't. Um, yeah, COVID is still going on. And yeah, there's some things that have come from it. But this is kind of bigger than that. And, and basically, it's, it's, it came from this idea that there's just so many people that I've been talking to and, and, and kind of walking through things with. And it's just that, that basically, not that this is a big revelation to any of us, but life is hard. Life is difficult. Life can be so tough at times. There's seasons of our life that we kind of get into, and, and I mean, they're just difficult. And, and whether you're going through them right now, or you, you have in the past, you, you will in the future, all these things. But I just remember a couple months ago, as we were kind of thinking, there was, there was this people, and they were just kind of, it just kind of happened day after day after day. And they weren't complaining, and they weren't, you know, having a hissy fit or anything like that. They were just sharing life. Which I thought was awesome and great, but it was just, they were just kind of, you know, like, this is going on, and this is difficult, and this is taking place. And it wasn't necessarily like huge, massive, major things, but it just kind of was like one after another, after another, after another, after another. And I remember just thinking, you know, as, as in my prayer time, I was just kind of thinking, God, man, God, why, why does it have to be so hard? Sometimes, Why are there seasons that it's just so difficult? And this series really was burst out of that. This series really kind of came from the answers that God began to kind of place in my heart through these things. And, and so as we kind of look at these things together over the next several weeks, I really want this to be encouraging to you. I'm really excited about sharing this because I really believe that for some of us, we're going through these tough times, we're going through these tough seasons, and really what I believe God wants to do is really just encourage us to be able to make it through these seasons. The title of this series that we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks is Tough as Nails. Tough as nails. I, I, I went and I kind of, because you know me, I like to kind of see where these phrases come from. And this phrase has really been around for a couple hundred years. It used to be strong as nails, but it kind of morphed into tough as nails. There was some thought that one of the reasons why this happened the way it did, why they say that tough as nails, is because nails used to be made of wood. I don't know if you know this, but furniture and things like that, um, you know, they would make it and they would use wooden pegs and things like that to connect things, or they would use those in ships and all these really cool things. But then they kind of discovered, hey, metal works better. And so they started making nails and started doing this. And so some people think that maybe that's where this came from, was, was this concept, hey, you're strong, you're tough, you're, you're able to, to withstand pressure and all these things. And so it kind of morphed into this idea of tough as nails. And so that's kind of what we use to describe people or, or the, you know, they can handle this, they're tough as nails. And here's what I believe. I believe that you are too. 
And I'm going to, this morning, as we kind of give an introduction to the whole series, I want to help you to see that. Because unfortunately, I think our world communicates the opposite. Our world and people in it say, no, you're not. No, you can't handle this situation. No, this is too big for you. And I think that with the help of our God, we can be as tough as nails. But the problem is, is we all are going to face some seasons. We are all going to be facing some difficult things in our lives that's going to test this concept. That's going to test these things that we're going to have to deal with. And we're going to look at that in just a second, but let's first pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time. And God, I pray that as I share the words that I believe you placed on my heart, that God, you would you would just take my words and help them to communicate the things that you desire. That, Father, for each one, God, your Holy Spirit would just anoint the words and, God, allow them to be life-giving and life-changing in this moment. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We all face the seasons. We all face the seasons. In Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, there's, there's a section of Scripture that most of us know and we've seen, whether it's because we've heard the song or just because we've read our word. But this is what it says. For everything there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What is Solomon trying to help us to understand? You know what? I think in many, many ways, what he's wanting us to see through this understanding, almost in this poetic expression, is you know what? There are seasons in our life. There are times in your life where you're going to look at your life and it's going to be so good. Everything's going to seem to fit. Everything's going to seem to work. It's going to be like you can't help, but, but things go right. But there's also going to be seasons where it's the exact opposite. It seems like no matter how hard you try, it's not going to work out. No matter what you do, you might do everything right, but it just doesn't work. What do you do then? How do you handle that? Because it's real easy when everything is happening good. It's real easy when everybody, when, when your team is winning and everything's going right and the boss is perfect and you're doing well and you're being honored and all the things that we like to see happen. That's easy. But it's hard when things just don't seem to happen. And I don't know about you, but the way the enemy kind of does this, it's usually one after another, after another, after another. It's kind of one of those things where you kind of realize, you know, if this just happened by itself, it wouldn't be so bad. But it's the 14 things that all pile on top of it that make it so difficult. But here's what happens. When we go through those moments and we go through those times, we tend to want to give up. We tend to kind of want to say, I'm done. We kind of want to send it. We want to just kind of check out and we kind of just want to wait for the storm to pass. The problem with that is that is not what God has called us to do as his followers. You see, here's what we need to understand. Even though this is hard sometimes to remember and understand, there are people that are watching us. There are people that are seeing how we handle the difficult times. 
Because we claimed to be a follower of Jesus. We've claimed that this isn't our home, that we have a destiny that's greater than anything that we face or deal with on this planet. And so when things happen, when the bad things hit, we are being watched by people who want to know, are you going to give up or are you going to be as tough as nails? What are you going to do? Look at Galatians 6, 9. We've used this verse before in, in, in the context of it, but it's important that we see. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if, notice the if, if we don't give up. So many of us, if we're just honest, we just want to give up. I don't know about you, but just everything that's happened over the last now seems like year and a half. It's just like one after another after another. And it's just so easy to kind of just want to say, you know what? I think I'm done. You know what? I think I'm going to just step out of this one. I'm going to call a timeout. And you know what? When everything comes back to normal, I'll, I'll come back in. But here's the problem with that. God is saying, you don't, I, I, can't, I, I need you to be a part of what I want to do. It's not a time to check out. It's not a time to time out. It's a time to go because blessing is coming. Amazing things are going to take place if you don't give up. But we still want to give up. We still want to give up. And, and we, we have, here's the thing that's kind of sad. Everything around us a lot of times is encouraging us to give up. Everything around us is looking at those situations and saying, you know what, man, it's just better. Just give it up. Our culture is almost predicated on this. Where you know what? When, the, when I was a kid, what they used to say, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, right? That's what you, you remember hearing that as a kid? I remember hearing it as a kid. I remember rolling my eyes when I heard that as a kid. But you know what it's almost saying now? When, when the going gets tough, you just do nothing. You just say, I'm done. I don't want to deal with this. It's too hard. It's too much. And there may be times in our life, you may be going through a time right now where it just seems like it's just coming from every single angle. You could be doing everything that God wants you to do, but it just seems like everything is kind of collapsing in upon you. But let me give you some encouragement today. You can do this. You can do this. And I want to prove it to you. I want you to look at this verse with me. Look at 1 John. In 1 John 4, 4, this is what it says. And the words here are very important. Okay? Each word here is very important. But listen to what it says. But you belong to God. Now let's just stop there. We're going to break this down a little bit because this is a big verse. Listen to what John is telling us. But you belong to God. Listen, if the verse stopped there, that should be enough. When we understand who we are in Christ, when we understand that we are a child of God, when we understand what our bloodline is, that should be enough. When we understand, I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. My God has me. But listen, this is what's so good. This is, this is the abundance of the word that we see here. This is what John continues. He says, but you belong to God, my dear children. Listen, you have already won a victory. You have already won a victory. 
A lot of us, we walk around in defeat and we don't have to because we've already won. Listen, there's going to be times, if I give you a baseball analogy, there's going to be times where the other team's going to score. There's going to be times where maybe there's a couple errors. There's going to be times where you feel like you reached down to field that ground ball and it went right through your legs. But we know that when the last out is recorded, we win. You win. Listen, John is speaking this to you today. John is speaking this to me today. You already won a victory over these people. Now John gives you the reason why. Because, this is big, the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. The Spirit of God that lives in us is greater than anything you will ever face, anything you will ever go through. I am not here this morning to belittle your pain. I'm not here this morning to say, you know what, get over it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this, no matter how great a moment you are in as far as a season of hurt, confusion, and pain, the God that lives in you, that dwells in you, is greater than that. Is greater than that. We have Jesus. We have him in us, through us, the Holy Spirit, all these things. We have the victory because who is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Listen, I don't know much, but I know this. I know this. Hear this. It's in your notes. Catch this. I know that no matter how hard it gets, if you have Jesus, you are tough enough. If you have Jesus, you are tough enough. Here's the thing we need to understand, though. At times, we try to be tough without Jesus. When we try to do it without him, there is where we run into issues, and there is where we run into some problems. When we think, I'm strong enough, I'm big enough, I can handle it, I'll tell you from personal experience, in those moments, things begin to fall apart even more. We don't have to do that. We don't have to live that way. Listen, imagine that if, if I said to you, listen, I need you to move a refrigerator, okay? I say, I need you to move a refrigerator. And I basically say, listen, you can move it. I don't care how you move it. But I have a refrigerator dolly. Have you seen these wonderful tools where you can kind of put them on there and one guy can just take... And, and you said, you know what, Aaron? You know, I, I think I'll just move it by myself. I'm like, no, no, no. There's a dolly here. It was created to help you accomplish this task. No, 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 no. I've got it. Can we just be real honest with each other? Because i got to point the finger at me because I do this too. You know what that's called? It's called pride. It's called pride. And that usually, I've, I've read this Bible quite a bit, that usually doesn't land you in a good spot. But God has given you Jesus. That spirit that dwells in us can handle anything. But you got to remember, you've got to have Jesus. So as we look at this over the next couple weeks, what we're going to do is this. We're going to look at the life of Jesus, my, one of my favorite topics. 
And we're going to see areas and times in his life where Jesus was as tough as nails. We're going to look at how he handled it. We're going to look at what he did. We're going to let those things teach us. Because here's what I believe. If Jesus could do it, you can do it. Jesus spoke and told us, you're going to do greater things than I did. Jesus' words told us that. So if Jesus can do it, we can do it. If Jesus could handle those moments, you can handle those moments. And please, don't listen to the lie. Oh, he's talking about all those really, really super spiritual people. No, I'm talking about if you have Jesus, you are tough enough. Now, I understand there's a, there's a prerequisite here. you got to have Jesus. But that's the only prerequisite you need. I didn't say if you read your Bible 45 minutes every day. I didn't say if you spend three hours praying every day. I didn't say if you've gone to Africa 45 times to be a missionary every day. I just simply said if you belong to Jesus. If God's spirit is in you, he is greater than anything you will ever face. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look in, very, in some depth at some specific areas of Jesus' life that he did. But here, before we get there, as, as a way of introduction, I want us to help us to understand that you are tough enough with Jesus. Because I believe not only does God tell us that, but as we look at our notes, I believe that God makes us tough as nails. I believe that God wants to give us ways, even now, to continue to get tougher and continue to get better in these areas so that when we face these things over the next couple weeks as we learn more about these certain areas that we know and believe that we can accomplish what God's asked us to do. So we're going to look at at several things this morning. This isn't all of them. I've listed five things that I believe that God does in us to make us tough as nails and how he does that. Number one, the first one is by his grace. By his grace. Look at 2 Corinthians 12, 7b. This is what it says to verse 10. It says this. So this is Paul speaking. So to keep me from being proud, there's that pride again. I was given a thorn in my flesh. Now let's stop there for a second. We don't know what that was. People have speculated it was different things. Maybe it was a physical ailment. Maybe it was something else. We, we really don't know. But basically it was an area in Paul's life that was bringing him hurt and pain and, and it was a problem, okay? If that kind of helps. It, it's basically a lot of things that we deal with on, on a, sometimes a daily or weekly basis. He just uses the, the, the phrase thorn in my flesh. And it says, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from, from becoming proud. Let's continue on. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. So three different times he goes to God and begins to call out. This is what we should do, okay? Paul does nothing wrong here. And he calls and he says, God, will you help with this area? Will you take this away? And listen to what God says. Each time God says, my grace is all you need. And he goes one step further, which is important. Sometimes we miss this part of the verse. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, and the troubles. Sound like anything maybe that we're going through right now that I suffer for Christ. And this is important. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The grace of God 
Listen, what does that grace really mean? When, when I was looking at it, I was looking at it through a, a, a commentary that I usually look at, and, and I kind of was like, I want to kind of, what, what does that mean? And this is what I found. It says, basically, the grace of God is the favor and love of God in action. The favor and love of God in action. And it says this, it's basically, he says, basically what that means is that God is pleased with you and he loves you. Now, I want you to stop here for just a second and think about your life. What if everything you deal with, everything you face in life was clothed in that understanding that God loves you and that he is pleased with you? When things happen that we don't like, what do we typically say? God doesn't love me and God's upset with me or God's doing something to me. Paul here is dealing with an issue. He's dealing with a season in his life that is not fun, that is not comfortable. And he goes to God and says, God, take this away. And God says, listen, my grace is all you need. My love is all you need. My plea, I'm pleased with you. That is all you need. Sometimes when we face those things, when we can understand and we're going through those seasons, that can get us tough, that can get us stronger, that can help us to understand, hey, hey, God has got me because God, my God, is pleased. Now listen, let me, let me, let me, let me explain something to you because I know where sometimes our heads will go. Well, what if I'm, what, 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 what happens when I mess up? What happens when I do something that's wrong? Listen. I will give you a very simple, easy analogy that is even greater because God is so much better of a father or a parent than I will ever be. But listen, my son messes up. Your, your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife, they, they mess up, don't they? Well, I, don't, I have not driven down the road recently and seen a bunch of kids holding up signs that said, I, I'm, I took a cookie from the cookie jar and mom and dad threw me out, please give me money. Not one. Not one time. Love and the fact that I give my son that grace says, you know what? Even if you mess up, you're still my son. You're still my boy. You're still in my family. Listen, this is important. You catch this because I think this is where some people are right now just based on their life. Listen, listen I, I, I'm going to talk about my son real quick because it just fits here. But listen, you need to understand something. That boy's last name is Nash. That boy's last name will always be Nash. That boy's my son. My name is on him. It doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter how he lives. It doesn't matter if he does it perfectly. That's my son and I'm in his corner. And I love him. Am I a perfect dad? Absolutely not. Is he a perfect son? Absolutely not. But you know what? That grace that he gives me, that grace that, that I give him, is what God does in such a greater way in your life and in mine. You know what's crazy? This happens so often. And I don't know where it happened from, but it just, it, it just blows my mind. I'll look at my son and I'll say, son... I'm proud of you. I'm proud that you're my son. And somewhere, I didn't train him to do this. I didn't tell him to do this. I don't know where it came from, but he'll look at his dad and he'll say, Dad, and I'm proud of you. What is that? That's grace. That is all I need in that relationship. And God gives it to us in his and our relationship in such a greater way. It's how he makes us tough. It's how he helps us. Number two, by his word. By his word. Listen. Listen. Let me, let me tell you a quick, 
little story here. Some of you know this, some of you don't. About two years ago, I think it was two years ago, maybe three, I don't remember. I kind of tried to block it out. But I think it was two years ago. My family and I decided we need to, we need to go on a trip. We go on a trip. And um, we thought, well, let's, let's go up to um, South Dakota. Let's see Mount Rushmore, you know. We'll go to the Black Hills and do some hiking. And we, there was, a, there was a, a mine there that we were going to go see. And we're so excited. We hadn't gone on a vacation as a family in years. And so we were so excited. So we got in our car in June, almost, you know, a couple weeks from, you know, now. And we, we got in the car and we headed out. And we were just outside of... Cheyenne. I was going to say Laramie, but that's not right. Cheyenne, Wyoming. And we came over a hill. And as I came down the hill, I was driving, and came down the hill, there was construction. There was people, and they were, they were it was just a two-lane little highway. And, and so they were slowing cars. So I began to slow down, and um, I just remember getting ready to almost, almost be at a stop. And then I remember looking up into the rearview mirror. And it was just a flash. And the next thing we knew, our car had been hit, and we were literally shot like a cannon off to the side of the road. Um, when we finally came to a stop, the, the whole back side of the car, where, you know, Easton, his side and, and my side, was just absolutely demolished. And uh, the, the big truck that hit us, it was a dumper kind of truck, I mean, the whole front cab was just, just almost disintegrated. There was a car that had come and kind of knocked into us and it was on its side and we were on it and it was it was it was scary and God kept us safe I, I truly believe that there's no other explanation when you got police and fire and those people that see that all the time and 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 we had the guy that kind of took our car away and every single one of them just looked at us with just disbelief that I don't know how you are still walking away from this it was God we know that but it scared us it scared us. You, and it's still sometimes hard to drive on the highway. It's still, but here's the thing. After that wreck happened, you know what my wife did? She took some post-it notes and she wrote out some scripture that she felt like God gave her. Still in the car right now. Why? So then when she got in that car, she could see that word of God that is life-giving and true and an anchor and she could read that and she could know that God has got us. That God will protect us. Listen, hear me. Some of you need to understand this. You need to start praying the word of God. What does that mean? It's real simple. You simply just speak out loud what God's word says for your life. And so listen, some of these verses you've heard 45 times. But these are true. These are for you. And I'm going to go through them quickly. But you need to remember these things. You need to hear these things. Because these words are what's going to give you that strength that you need. Philippians 4.13 For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Romans 8.37 No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is 
in Christ. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Joshua 1.9 This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. But God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Matthew 16.18 This is important you see this. And I tell you that you are Peter. On this rock I will build my church and the powers of hell will not be able to have power over my church. Who's the church? You are the church. I am the church. This is the church. It is stronger than the gates of hell. It will never be conquered. It will never be defeated because our God says so. Period. Oh, but what's the government going to do? It doesn't matter. Hear me here. Why? Because the gates of hell will not prevail. We walk around like frightened children forgetting the promises of God that we have. Why do we forget? Because sometimes we don't know. Listen, I want you to hear me here. I believe that there are seasons in your life you're going to go through, and I also believe that in those seasons, God will give you passages of Scripture that you need to proclaim over your life, over your family, and over your situation constantly. Constantly. We talk about this so much, folks. Your words have power. You need to proclaim what God has told you. You need to proclaim. Because listen, listen, hear me here. All of the scriptures I read are for you and me. All of the scripture, when we're going through those difficult moments, we can quote and we can say, and we can say, oh, no, no, no. Greater is he that is in me that's in the world. Yes, this situation may look impossible, but through Christ I can do all things. I don't have to have a spirit of fear. I can have a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. I know that I am a part of the church. I am the church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against me, my life, and my community. Thank you, Father. We need to start proclaiming the word. We need to start living those things out verbally. It's important. It's what God in some ways uses to bring us. Number three, by his presence. By his presence. Let's look at a very popular portion of scripture. Look at Psalms 23. We're not going to read all of it, just portions of it. But this is what it says in Psalms 23, 4. Even when I walk... Through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. You know what? Listen, if you got a, if you got a old-fashioned paper Bible and you got a pen, I want you to do me a favor. Or if you got one of those on your your phone, I know if you're looking on your phone and using your phone, you can highlight. I want you to highlight a word for me. I want you to highlight or underline the word through. Through. Because here's the thing you need to understand about what God is communicating to us right now. 
He said, even though you're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as another translation says, even as you walk through the deepest valley, listen, you're going to walk through it. Listen, hear me here, because I believe this is for some of you. Some of you are going through a difficult time or a difficult season, and you have got this idea in your head that you just are going to plop down and make that your address. That is not what God has called you to. You will get through this. Why will you get through this? Because he's with you. Because his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Listen, this understanding of walking through, we're all going to walk through. We're all going to go through moments where the valley of the shadow of death is there and it's real. But we're going to walk through it. Why? Because he's with us. He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Look at Psalms 23, verse number 6. Listen to what it says. Surely, surely. That's a concept of absolutely. There's no doubt, as David is saying, your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will. It doesn't say I might. It doesn't say maybe. It doesn't say, well, see what happens. Depending on how things go. It says, I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, listen here. What is that saying? What is that saying? You're going to walk through the valley, but you're going to live in the house of the Lord forever. Tell me something today. Where's your address? Where's your mail getting sent? Because some of us, we're going through a hard time and we just want to, and I I can't do it because I know that the thing won't be able to see me. So I'm being real good, John. I'm not going to sit down. But some of us just sit down in, in the valley of the shadow of death. We just plop down. And we, oh, I could be here. We just plop down. That's not where you're supposed to live, folks. Yeah, there'll be times we walk through it. Absolutely. But God's presence is with us. God's presence is not going to leave us. It's not going to forsake us. And that's not your home. That's not your address, folks. And I know there's times where it feels that way. I know there's times where it just doesn't seem like there's any light at the end of the tunnel. But in those moments, you say, oh, no, 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 this is not my home. I'm walking through it. I'm going through it. But I've got my God with me. Number four, by his witnesses. Number four, by his witnesses. We're going to be in Hebrews 12. But before we get there, I want to give you a little context of what the writer of Hebrews has communicated in Hebrews 11. You see, in Hebrews 11, we have basically almost, there's some people that call it like the hall of fame of faith. And basically what happens in Hebrews 11 is we have these great examples of faith. And they talk about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And he, I mean, he basically even says, listen, I can't even get into David and Samuel and all the prophets. I mean, but he's basically just calling these people out. People that lived a life of faith. People that lived a life where they understood that, hey, you know what? Hard times happen, but you know what? My God's going to walk me through it. I'm going to get through this. These were people that we look at and we, we, we look at as examples for us. These men and these women were tough as nails. And so we understand that. So as you look at this, we have to understand what verse or chapter 11 said. It was all that. Now, the writer of Hebrews brings us to where we're going to look at. Let's look at Hebrews 12.1. Listen to what he says, or she says, depending on who wrote the book. Therefore. Therefore. What's that mean? Real simple. What I just wrote, what was that there for? All these examples, all these things that we just talked about. Therefore, because of all these things, since we are surrounded 
by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Let us, especially the sin that so easily, easily trips us up, and let's run with endurance the race God has set before us. Listen, hear me here. You know what makes me stronger? Being around stronger people. Strong people will make you stronger. Men and women of faith, men and women that have been there can make you stronger. I remember as a, as a college student, I know this is going to sound funny, I had a roommate. Josh, you will appreciate this. I had a roommate in college all four years. His name was Joel. He's a pastor in California. Pray for him, okay? You think we have it rough. He's doing a great job, and I'm proud of him. But one time he came to me, maybe sophomore year, and said, hey, listen, I'm going to do something that I thought was absolutely ludicrous. He said, I'm going to go down, and I'm going to find some heavy things and lift them over my head. You want to come? I said, no. But he went, and he started lifting weights. He started getting stronger, and he kept asking me. He kept asking me. Well, you know, because I'm, I'm just weak-minded, I guess. I finally said, okay, Joel, I'll go. I had tried to lift weights in high school when I played sports, but, but I just, oh, it was just horrible. I hated it. But Joel was there with me, and he was encouraging me. He was going, you know what, Aaron? Listen, let's put on a little more weight. I'm going, no, 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 Joel, because that weight is more heavy than what I'm lifting. lifting. No, 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 let's put on a little more weight. Let's do a little more rep. Let's do just a little bit more. And it was funny because I was watching him get stronger. And I remember thinking, you know, that might not be the worst thing in the world to get a little bit stronger. You know, I was single at the time. I was in college. There were ladies around. I figured, you know, maybe, you know, that would be help, you know. Instead of being the 145-pound dripping wet guy, I could be the 148 guy, you know, or something. And that would be good. And so I remember, but he was encouraging to me. The strong person that Joel was in that area encouraged me to be strong. Listen, you are encouraged by all the witnesses around you. Listen, this Bible is full of people who went through difficult seasons, that went through hard times, and they made it through. They, they did it. They did it. They did it. And you can do it too. And if you feel like you're alone, number one, you don't have to be. You can find a place with people that love you, that care about you, that want to strengthen you. But listen, even if you live on a planet where there ain't nobody at, if you have God's word, it's got full of people that can be there for you. It's full of witnesses that can express to you that you can make it. Listen, we just spent a couple weeks ago looking at the life of Joseph. You know, I think I made the comment in that message, anybody ever been sold into slavery by your own family? And listen, I don't say that to belittle your pain and your hurt and the things you're going through. Not at all. I'm just helping you to understand that, you know what, he got through that. And you can too. No matter what you face. So you let those witnesses do that. Listen, what's a witness? Think about this. What's a witness? A witness is someone who testifies on what they have experienced or what they have seen. Listen, hear me here. Some of you need to start surrounding yourself with witnesses that witness to you about the power and the provision and the amazingness of God. You need to stop surrounding yourself with people who speak life, or excuse me, speak death into your life. That say, you know what, you'll never make it. You know what, you, you can't do that. That's too much. 
that costs too much. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You can't do this enough. Listen, some of us need to start surrounding ourselves and start listening to the witnesses that say, hey, listen, not only do I believe that God will do this, but let me tell you what God's done in my life. Let me tell you how God has brought this about. And you know what? There were times where I wanted to give up. There was times when I didn't want to continue on. But you know what? I kept going on and the blessing came and we made it through. And you can too. And the final one, number five, by following his example. By following his example. Let's continue with Hebrews 12. Let's continue with verse number two. This is what it says. We do this, okay? And we just finished verse number one. Okay, how, how do we do this? How do we get through? How do we strip away all those things? We're going to get our answer. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Listen, hear me here. It does not say by keeping our eyes on our pastor. It does not say on our spouse. It does not say on whoever you think is can handle it or whoever think it. Sometimes, listen, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Okay? Simple, but sometimes it's hard. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion. I love that. The champion. What's a champion? Okay, listen, here. This is going to sound simple, but sometimes we miss the simple. You are not a champion unless you've already won. Do you get that? You, you, you're not the champion unless you've already won. The writer of Hebrews calls Jesus our champion. Why? It's already won. The victory's already won. It's already done. Yeah, there are going to be moments of hardship. Yeah, there's going to be moments of pain. Yes, Jesus said, in this life, you will experience trouble. But take heart. Why? Because I've overcome the world. Because I'm the champion. I've won. It's done. It's over. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. Look at this. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. You want to talk about a bad day? The sin of all humanity was placed on him. Listen, the wrath, and hear me here, sometimes we misunderstand this, the wrath of God, all of the wrath of God was poured out on his son. There is no wrath left for you. You get that? Some of you live a life that says, God, God's punishing me or God's doing this. No, 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 no. The wrath has been poured out. It's done. It's done. Because you talk about a bad day. You talk about a season of difficulty. Disregarding its shame. But now, now, he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Let's continue with verse number three. Think, listen, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Think. Can, 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 I, can I make this a little more personal as the worship team comes up as we're going to close? Think of all the hostility you have endured from sinful people. Now, now listen, before we, before we start 
going down a road of all the things that people have done to us. And listen, we all have things that are done by sinful people to us. Let's not forget that sometimes that sinful person is you. And I'm not talking necessarily about what you do to others. I'm talking about what you do to yourself. You see, sometimes the seasons that we face, and listen, this is hard to admit at times, the seasons of difficulty that we face are because of what we have done. Yes, there are definitely times where we face difficult times because of what others do to us. But there's also seasons that we have to go, you know what, I'm here because of the choices that I made. So regardless of who that sinful person is, regardless if it's someone else or it's even ourselves, we need to remember, even though all that hostility we've endured, okay, then you won't be weary and give up. Listen, what is this verse saying? It's real simple. If we will keep our eyes on Jesus and watch him and learn from him and see his toughness, we can be tough too. We can get through too. Over the next several weeks, I'm very excited about being able to share some of these things that I believe God's laid on my heart because I really believe there are maybe some of us who are ready to give up. And you don't have to give up. God has got you. We're going to look. We're going to basically over the next several weeks, if this makes sense, we are going to look in depth and apply Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. We're going to look at the life of Jesus. We're going to keep our eyes on him. And we're going to see some of the hard things that he had to face. And we're going to know and we're going to believe that if Jesus can do it, we can do it too. No matter what we face, no matter what we go through, be encouraged this morning. Be encouraged this morning because you need to know that you're tough as nails. I believe that. You go, Aaron, I don't feel tough as nails. You know what? Sometimes I don't feel tough as nails either. But in our weakness, our God is strong. In those dark moments, he'll walk us through. So I proclaim over every single one of you in this room, I proclaim it over those that are online, you are tough enough. You have what it takes. You can do this. I know it. I believe it. And you need to start believing it too. You need to start proclaiming those words over your life and over your situation. So that's what we're going to do as we close. John and the worship team is going to come. But right now, as with every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to have a moment here where we're going to proclaim over our own lives the promises of God. Yes, over the next several weeks, we're going to look more in depth at certain aspects and certain things, and that'll be good. But right now, before we leave this place, I want to invite you to believe God's word. I want to invite you to know that you are more than a conqueror. I want to invite you that he that is in you is stronger than he that is in the world. That he is the enemy. That he is not your, your neighbor. It's not your, your mother. It's not, it, it's him. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers. What's that mean? It means that enemy that has come to kill, steal, and destroy. That guy. That guy that for some of us we cringe and we crowd up in fear. That guy is no greater than in our Jesus because he lives in us we can have victory over him he's a defeated foe and it's time we start living that way 
Thank you, Father. So it's time to proclaim our victory. It's time to start proclaiming. Listen, I'm not a hockey fan, but I know John and, and Gordon are. I don't know much about it, but you know what? I, I've seen enough to, that if the Avs win the Stanley Cup, wherever that takes place, there are going to be some people that, that they're going to proclaim that victory. They're going to be people that wear their shirts that say, Stanley Cup Champions 2021. They're going to have posters and they're probably going to have a parade. And they're going to proclaim their victory. Listen, we have a victory that is so much greater than a silly, silly cup or a silly trophy. Something that are going to go away anyway. It's time to start proclaiming our victory that we are tough enough. We have Jesus. We are tough enough. We can handle whatever this world throws at us because we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. It's already been won. It's time to start. It's time to start. So Father, right now, God, I pray over each one that Father, even now, they begin to proclaim that victory over their lives. Father, if they're doing or going through a difficult season, a difficult time, that, Father, they can call out specifically that they would begin to do that. That they would speak out and say, you know what? I am tough enough. I'm not tough enough on my own, but I've got a Jesus who's tough enough. He, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He can handle this. And I know because he lives in me, I can be tough enough too. Because even in my weakness, he is strong. Even in my thorns, he is strong. Even in my moments of desolation and valleys of death, I'm walking through it with him because my home is with him. My home is with him. Not in a valley, not in a death place, not in a grave, but no, in life and life abundantly. And it's available to every single one of us. And so, Father, right now, I proclaim that over all every individual that's here, every individual that's online. Father, I proclaim that in you, they are tough enough. In you, they have the victory. They have the victory. Every single one. Doesn't matter the situation. We win, we win, we win. Doesn't matter what the score may seem to be right now. We win. We proclaim it. We celebrate our victory. Not because of anything we have done, Jesus, but because of what have you have done. You are our champion. You have won the victory. And because we have accepted your love and your grace and your forgiveness, we are adopted in to celebrate the victory as well. We love you. Let's all stand. John's going to come and the worship team and lead us in a closing chorus.
I don't say the things that I believe you've asked me to proclaim over people because I am confident, hear me, I, I, in them. I proclaim it because I'm confident in you. I proclaim it because I'm confident in you. In any circumstance, in any situation, I'm confident that you are strong enough. And when we're in you, when we have you, we can be strong enough too. So this morning, Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for the spirit that dwells in us when we accepted your love, grace, and forgiveness. And because of that, that spirit is greater than any spirit of this world than any situation of this world or any sickness or any issue in this world. You are greater. And we celebrate you this morning because we know, we know it's not about us. It's all about you. But we can celebrate our victory because you have won the victory. We can celebrate our freedom because you have brought us freedom. We can celebrate the blessings of God because you have brought the blessings of God. You rescued us, Father, and we thank you for it. So God, wherever we're at this morning, God, wherever we're facing, whatever season we're in, as we look at back to Ecclesiastic, whatever, whatever time or season that we might be in, whether good or hard, right in the middle we can overcome because you 
have overcome. We love you and we thank you. So encourage us this morning. Rise up in us a spirit of confidence and hope and faith, knowing that I can handle whatever comes. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. Those that are online, we love you. We miss you. We hope we see you soon. Have a great week. We'll see you on Friday for Friday Night Invite.